the shots fired. What's up? I'm Jeff Weiss. This is a podcast. I forget how to do the intro. <laughs> I'm No Can Do. And he's a writer, and I'm a rapper, and this is a podcast, and we did forget how to do the intro. It's a podcast about hip-hop and wood varnishing. And it's called Shots Fired. <laughs> All right. Pow. Pow. Bang. Bang. That's our welcome back episode. Obviously, we're coming in with great fervor, vigor, uh, oh, yeah, enthusiasm. Man. We're so fervent and vigorous. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're back now from the road. I'm back from the America and a little bit of Canada. Yeah, man. How how was the road? It was uh it was fun. All the shows were really good in major markets and the minor markets. There's some places I don't ever want to go again. Such as? Um, I shall not say. <laughs> so, uh, so political. Before this episode, I was like, let's just make fun of rappers in obscure cities. And he was like, I have to be political. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... <laughs> He came back from a tour. It's no longer shots fired. It's kind of like shots, like delicately grazing your. <laughs> it's, it's it's more like you know uh, instead of shots fired, it's you know it's it's specific hits. You know, it's like a shot might have been fired, but we don't really know. It's just the dead guy. Yeah, I'll have you. So I did an interview with uh, Freddie Gibbs at one point. Yeah. while we we're gone, you'll get a real kick out of this. Freddie Gibbs is like in midway through the interview for apropos to nothing. Is like just yeah, Drake is just. I think he's one of the best rapper. <laughs> I was like, and he says that, and I was like, man. And then, and he's like he's like you know he's like I know this he's like I don't think he's like you know I shouldn't probably put Freddie Freddie gives never going to come on the show but he basically was a quick, comparing him to the Jay Z of this generation like I don't think he's saying he's as good as Jay Z yeah but like of the, and I, which I actually wouldn't necessarily argue that he's serving that function yeah but when I was like that's everything wrong with this generation <laughs> I was like I agree with you but just, yeah it's a he's a hard person to argue with who Freddie Gibbs? Gibbs yeah. Nah, because, you know, he's like a, a jock-minded dude, so, like, he's yeah. just, like, numbers, points, that, you know? Yeah. Like, no, I mean, he's actually very, like, polite, and he's a good human being, but it's just you don't yeah. want to argue with him, because you're like, nah, I don't really want to make Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> I'm like, what's the point? What do, I, what do I gain from this? Yeah, well, I remember when he was on the podcast, and it was just, like, it was just, like, facts about memories and things like that. He's like, he got, like, excellent memory, so it was, I, I, I would, you yeah. know, I, I wouldn't mind arguing with him, but I don't think that I would be able to argue with him. Yeah, it was just the <laughs> just the point where I wanted to just be like, well, obviously Drake is the best rapper. Now, it's, it's hard because you're like, eh, I think you're one of the best rappers and now you're telling me that. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing about I it. I still don't like Drake, though. You're never supposed to admit <laughs> who the best rapper is. I've never said Drake is better than anybody that I know. No, he didn't yeah. say he was better. I'm sure Freddie Gibbs thinks he's better than Drake. Does he really? He is better than Drake. <laughs> That's the thing about art, man. It's so subjective. It's all about, about taste and everything, man. Like, who's... Who is Drake? Who? What is a Drake? I don't know. What is rap? You know, like let's let's, let's been actually it like that. It's been a good time, I think, actually for rap. Mm -hmm. uh, the last uh, YG's album came out. YG's album, yeah. Did you hear it? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but, just uh, when this is like a random ass. Uh, You're just like, yeah. No, but I, I, I like boy. I like YG cool. a lot. I like I like what he stands That's for. <laughs> what does he stand for? Like home invasion and ratchetery? I mean, no. I just feel like you know, uh, like. Like, like you know, you get a guy like Ice Cube or whatnot, and he's like, you know, the the gangster of that time, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, then later on, you know. Make uh, beer commercials with penguins. Yeah, that happens if, you know, if you get a little bit too famous. And then later on, you get Snoop. Then you get like a smoother version of that. Mm -hmm. And y YG is like the next evolution of the gangster rapper in L.A., you know? Yeah, that album's actually really good. I was surprised. Mm -hmm. DJ Mustard is pretty amazing. Well, I was saying he figured out how to take like the bounce of Southern Beats and make them like West Coast. Because there's like, and there's even like scratching in the record too, which I was like, when was the last time I heard like a West Coast gangster rap record with like cuts? Well, I mean, 
that's what all West Coast gangster rap records have, or they're supposed to have cuts. They, well, yeah, back right, in Kev, don't they usually have it? Daddy Kev is sitting. Daddy Kev is here, by the way. Some, of, I mean, some of the older records would have it. Yeah, like DJ certain, Quick, I think. Yeah. Had it. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, was, I mean, like, I don't think like like late period corrupt albums were having like random cuts, or like, well, Game didn't have any cuts on his record, you know, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Nipsey doesn't really have cuts on his record. I don't know. I mean, you guys are probably right, but I'm pretty sure I can find one one attempt at turntablism at scratches on most yeah. of those records, you know? Yeah. And then yeah, it's been a. And then there was also the Mad Gibbs, which was really good, and then they had. Uh, Obviously, we're leading up to your record, which came I, I out. I saw where you're going. I was going with this. YG, yeah. I'm leaving one out. Vince Staples actually put out a really good record too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Did he he release one on the he same day? He put out day? a mixtape uh, last week, two weeks ago, something yeah. in there. Shout out to Vince. Yeah, yeah. My DJ, my my homie is DJing for him on tour right now. He's on on that tour with Audio Push and Schoolboy Q and Isaiah Rashad and Isaiah Rashad. Yeah. You know what's funny, man? So the Hellfire Club, we we had a certain we were on tour, right? In New York. We had the Mercury Lounge and we had that shit locked down, the place was packed. And then over in Brooklyn, Dame Funk had like, you know, a whole Brooklyn hipster audience and his venue was packed. And then that tour was also in New York. So basically Same there was night? there was one day when LA LA just had New York on lock. It, it was. It felt weird, man. That's cool. I like actually. I think New York has good hip hop crowds because they they're like they're the only people that'll pay attention to the internet. Like yeah. New York crowd, like well, like 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 Gunplay. Like if Gunplay had a show in LA, like no one would go to a Gunplay show. Yeah. yeah but like yeah. in New York, like they would be really rowdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, there's kids that like knew every word of every song in New York. To to Dornover Stukian and to Dornover Dornover every every word of every song like people's old back catalog really including mine like including Milo's including Mike's and even bus driver stuff like how does anyone know any of the words to bus driver that stuff? part right there yeah <laughs> how do you know that yeah. you have to be like a, like a like a pretty good rapper yourself to like I can't rap <laughs> bus driver shit yeah like I can be yeah. It's good. Maybe a few of the songs on Flashbang, because it's like only you have to memorize half of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reverse. yeah. Uh, but it, it, the New York crowd was like, when somebody says, nice to meet you, and they're really happy, or like, I'm happy to see you, and they're really happy to see you, you know? Versus like, you know, I expected, oh man, I've so many times I've played New York, and it's just been like, you know, it's just been like, okay, next rapper. You oh, because like, like one of the eight rapper bills or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy that I think hip hop is evolving out of that. Like, I think like people have kind of figured out. Like, I'm like, it's like at this point, you're like, eh, it's pretty low level if you're. Yeah. The, I was also went to like an eight rapper sh- showcase or something. I like the silence right here. Yeah, we're like, eh, nobody can tell. <laughs> well, another news: Benzino was shot. <laughs> um, I like that Benzino's milking it though. For like, what do you do if you're? Ben Zeno, he's apparently on a reality show, Where too. did He's on uh, Love and Hip Hop. Where did he get shot? Uh, I think in the arm. No, I mean, like, in what, where, what place in was In Boston. It? it was a crazy story, because he got shot by his nephew going to his mom's funeral. Really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? And but so then the what, nephew was saying that he was protecting, uh, he was protecting his family from Ben Zeno. Really? But it was Ben Zeno's mom's funeral. I don't know. Uh I think Benzino's a pretty beef. scary dude. That's, what, a, yeah. that's a beef right there, man. What do you think? That, well, how can you, your nephew shoots you? <laughs> yeah. What do you... I don't know. It's well, deep. DJ Quick like had the whole thing with his, uh, I think, his nephew. He had some real shit with his nephew. And then I think that was when he was accused of pistol whipping his sister and had to go to jail. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. I will not say anything negative about TJ Quick, so we'll just table this discussion. Well, no, like, supposedly his... The, with DJ Quick, like, I imagine, like, when you do music, people always get, like, the wrong idea. Like, let's say somebody comes in yeah. th- that knows you from, from you're from Carson. No, no, no. You're, Kev, where are you from? Harbor City. Harbor City, right? Or they they know me from my neighborhood, and they see all the people at Low End Theory, immediately, like, fucking dollar signs go off in their eyes. They're like, you know, these guys must be making, they count the number of heads. Millions! In there. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's 400 people in here. They're making... Four hundred thousand. They're all spending four hundred dollars each. <laughs> yeah, and so like I'm Johnny Walker Black. Um, yeah, and so like you know, I, like with DJ Quick, was wasn't his family kind of just like trying to milk him for everything? Yeah, like, I think it using was using him as a world. Like, yeah, well, it was when he had the t- like he was an executive at Warner Brothers, I think, at the time. And they're like, well, you must be making crazy money, and they're like, in, as an executive in the music, and you're like, yeah, maybe in 1979. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I don't think anybody in 2004 was making like. You know, I mean, maybe L.A. Reed. You know, I, I could give I could give DJ Quick a good like you know six figures right a year. Would you give DJ Quick six figures a year to be an executive at Warner? I'd give him six figures just for being him. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, for, for having a hair silky, tips, silky perm, hair tips. Yeah, I'm also I was gonna tell you uh, Sugar Free's having a nice revival too because he was on the YG record and the Schoolboy Q record. Yeah, but they just sample him on the YG record, but. Oh, like, they right. sample why you bullshit. Mm-mm. Which is probably, like, I think the first time probably most people have heard that sort of thing. Well, his first single, it's so funny. With, like, records is funny. His first single was If You Stay Ready. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, this is so melodic and cool. But, like, <laughs> Why You Bullshitting is the record that is that propelled him through all that. Because it was like, you know, every house party played that song. God, I really hope we can get Sugar Free on this podcast. I hope not. <laughs> My cousin is from the IE. My cousin's pretty pretty crazy. And my cousin, like, he was like, I've been hanging out with Sugar Free and all this stuff. Amazing. That's, <laughs> That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. But I heard from a person that Sugar Free had a show, and he walked out on stage. Like, he was like, you know, walked out, and he was like, and he blew, a, like, a meth cloud in somebody's face. And then he just, like, killed his set. Like, I don't want, like, meth to be smoked in the studio. You think meth? How do you know what a meth cloud smells like? Does, like, that have a particular, like, odor? Most, like a know. meth cloud, like versus like a sherm cloud, or a sherm cloud smells <laughs> like burnt plastic bags. I know that, you know that. All right. <laughs> but yeah. a meth cloud. I haven't really. I, don't, I know what a cocaine cloud smells like, you know. But I don't know about a meth. A meth cloud probably smells like a somewhere well, between yeah. a sherm cloud. Well, just like I wonder if like a cocaine. I've never smoked like a. It's a bogey technically a cocaine blunt. A bogey. I mean, is that technically or is, is that, that a PCP? A primo or a, prim, a primo is I think the yeah the cocaine. Yeah, the cocaine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or the I, chewy. I thought a primo was crack. I thought that was crack with weed. A primo is crack yeah, like with weed. Yeah, I thought right, I, I didn't. I don't. I don't know. See, I don't know anything about the drug culture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think like most people like if you can afford cocaine, you're usually not putting it on marijuana. I mean, I, don't, I, don't I think Ghostface do, was but, doing it at one point because he's yeah, like sprinkle I mean, some snow inside the Optima. Yeah, like I mean, they call it like what, cocoa puffs or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's. I always as, wanted to try that. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, I've never really done. I've never done cocaine, but I was like, yeah, I'll smoke it. Sure. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna snort it. It's like a lot of work. I've never tried heroin, but I'll shoot it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shoot it I'll up sniff it, but I'm not gonna snort it. I, I'll, here, I'll sniff. I'm not injecting it. Yeah. I'll sniff it, but won't inhale it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm afraid. I'm, I'm definitely afraid of all hard. My drugs. mom listens to every one of these. Kev, <laughs> what happened the last time you saw me smoke weed? 
What, what, I think you ended up like fetal position on could, stage at Lowenthal. We couldn't rap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. It was a rap that <laughs> night. And 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 like Loki. Yeah, it was it was it was a rap that night. And yeah, I can't I can't do it. Yeah, bad news. All right, not well, a good combo. Let's just get into the regular point. Let's. So I was gonna. When was the first time you uh, heard of the rapper known as No Can Do? When did I? Oh God, that's a good question. Um... I think just through like just through some of the homies, you know, like the bloat homies, and just people like maybe maybe it was bus, maybe mm-hmm. it was subtitle. And I think the first time we met was at Amoeba. Is that correct, James? That's correct. Yeah. And uh, I was with subtitle. Or yeah, right. yeah. Was, subtitle was working. working there. Subtitle yeah. was on Alpha Pup at the time, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I forget. Did we do the deal before? We did it before Low End. Right. Yeah, that was before low end. Yeah, because we did the deal, and uh, I remember it was an epic week. I got like booked for a show in Hawaii, and then I got like a, a record deal in the same, in the same like day. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be famous. Like, so at this point, you'd already been on tour with like AC. I've been on tour with AC, and uh, I was on tour with Subtitle like three months before that. Before we the deal. Oh yeah, you there. told me about that tour once. We won't talk about that on there. No, no, we won't. <laughs> we're gonna edit the fact that you said that. Yeah. No, no, no. There, there's not too much. Yeah. Okay. Hit me up in person. I'll tell you everything. <laughs> yeah. I like that we both have the power to ruin each other's lives at this point. Oh That's yeah. That's when you know it's a good podcast, dude. It's it's, it's like you That's know. That's what you call friendship. Yeah. Yeah, is it really a friendship until you can ruin your friend's life? <laughs> Unless you got some dirt on the other guy, you're not friends. Yeah. It's like a pact of mutually assured destruction. <laughs> Neither of us will do this. We have to stay friends. Exactly. I've had that with people, though. Like, where sometimes I'm like, man, I don't want to be friends with this person anymore. But I'm like, uh, I have to stay friends with them. <laughs> they know how many people I've killed. <laughs> At my dad's funeral, everybody that got up and spoke, like like his friends were just like, man... You know, they say their little speech, like the one they planned, it, like, but there's so much more I could tell you. Ah, and then everybody, like, cra- <laughs> like they looked around and, like, smiled, you know, just like, I'm, I think, nah, I can't say this on, you know, my wife listens to this, but, you know, there's interesting stories of things that I've done out in the world, yeah. <laughs> Are you saying that's what you think your funeral's going to be like, pretty much, similar thing? Oh, for sure. You, you know? and Dave up there? Like... Oh, no, no. <laughs> I don't want Dave at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> that's D-Styles for the <laughs> I don't want D-Styles at my funeral. No, no, yeah. Uh, I won't. I want Willie to speak at my funeral. You get the crowd hyped. Exactly. <laughs> like all of a sudden, you're like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" It's a great funeral. <laughs> and he, you know, he'll say something majestic about like heaven, and he's like, "Even though I don't believe in Jesus, <laughs> he's up there with Jesus because he believes in Jesus." And <laughs> and then he'd play like a psychedelic Doors song, and <laughs> you'd be yeah. like, "Whoa." Yeah. That was powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a deep cut. You're like, that wouldn't have worked in any other situation, but that worked there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so, writing that in my will. I want my wake to be at low in theory, but let's continue. So <laughs> this was obviously before low. And and you obviously, at, at Sketchbook, you, you, you Peace was the rapper at Sketchbook, right? Or You're talking about Concrete Jungle. Concrete, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, jungle, we were talking yeah. about Sketchbook for, yeah, Concrete Jungle. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yep. So, and I'd like, you know, and like, you know, I've been working with a fellowship and, Different people from you know Abstract Rude and you know some yeah. of the main folks and uh, just done like a, a lot in the studio with them and, and of course with Concrete just got to know those guys you know uh, in a live setting as well. You know? Did you ever battle against those guys when you were like first coming up or were they pretty much like out of the you know out of the blood at that point? Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, 
me and this other guy was battling, and then Peace came in and like start battling battling this general youth. I imagine Peace coming in like a Tasmanian devil just in like a spinning top, like just whirling into Project Bloat. This is like 2000, 2001, but he just came in Well, he battled. was doing Scribble Jam at that point. Like he was winning well, a lot well, of those. He, he, I, well, he went almost, he went to like almost the whole way. That was 1998, yeah. right? Or 99? 99, I think that's about right. Yeah. yeah it's he, almost like a ringer. Like, you can't be in Scribble Jam. You're in Freestyle Fellowship. Yeah. I mean, but then Idea was in Scribble Jam, too. So yeah. Idea and, and Peace are like... Well, Dose One is a great rapper. I mean, Eminem was in those. But in terms of, like, battle rappers, though, like, yeah. there's, like, Juice, there's Idea, there's Peace. Like, these, like, are people that are always going to win, you know? Yeah. In their regions, like... Eminem wasn't one of those guys that was always going to win. No, I, I think, think he went to the... I don't think he won. I think he went to the semifinals. He went to the finals. Right? Every, yeah, or the finals. Eminem's yeah. thing is when he ran out of written raps, he would lose. Yeah, Dose One told yeah. me a story about how, like, he was really bummed out when he found out that Eminem... Like, because they were, like, but you know, they kind of buddied up, and they're like, and eh, no, all your raps are written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh... But, no. Sorry Peace, sorry. Let's, let's, let's stay Continue. on track here. All right. But Peace, sorry. when I was younger, uh, Peace came, and he, uh... He... He kind of just battled the youth. He didn't battle like one person. He was just like, <laughs> all of you guys suck and da, da, da. And then he just went to the studio. It's like in Rushmore when like Bill Murray is playing basketball against like eight-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, and then uh, one, one time I actually I actually battled Micah 9. And I was a fan of Micah. But it was like when, you know, when all those egos are in them. Like, the, this is like, like the... It's like the Shock of Doom era Freestyle Fellowship. Or is this a little after? This, this, is, after. Is, this is way after. This was like maybe 03 or 04. Okay. Yeah. This is like... Um, but I'm outside freestyling, and then Mike gets in the cypher, and then we start going back and forth. And, you know, yeah, I, I think I won. <laughs> most most <laughs> people Micah? think I won, yeah. But, it, it you know, like, it, it is subjective, and there was no, like, you won or this and this and that, but it was, like, definitely, like, a big, big... Uh, was that one of the first times where, like, everyone's like, damn, like, you just held your own against... No, no, because no. everyone, the first time I went to Project Blow It Up, beat... Ten people in a in like an on stage battle. Had you freestyled a lot before that? I freestyled, you know, walking home from school and stuff like that. Just by yourself or yeah, with friends? With, with friends or by myself? Just like you know, have you ever just seen the weird kid with headphones on rapping to himself? That yeah. was like me, you know. So. Yeah. Were you pretty good when you first started freestyling? You must have been. I was better than an average 15, 16 year old. Because I was really whack when I <laughs> I was like really bad. <laughs> like yeah, you start freestyling and you'd be like, yeah, you, that's good. <laughs> Keep yeah. doing that, I guess. I think everybody starts off bad, but I feel like the, I don't know, man. Like one thing, I, when I first started, I was in the Bay Area, right? And LA is like hella competitive. And oh, this is when you were living with Fairfield. When I was Fairfield, yeah. yeah. When I was living with my my grandfather slash pop sometimes, mm-hmm. but you know, like in the Bay Area, it was like, and this is when I did smoke weed and I could smoke weed, but you know, it'd be like we'd be in a van. And we play some like beats, you know, some mm-hmm. random beats, and they be like two blunts in rotation. And there's five dudes, and like it was just all fun rap. So it was just yeah. freestyling about stuff that happened at school that day, or you know, about like you know uh, some girl, you know, that uh, that this guy had a crush on, or like the time that you pissed your pants when you were like seven, you know, like it was just like these fun inside jokey things that that w- it was about. And so when I came down to LA, like when I started going to school out here, all the guys were super like flashy and cool and like you know mm-hmm. and like you know it, it was a certain it was a different kind of thing and I was just really good at just saying things about everything that was around and you know and there was no really no pressure so know? who was your first favorite rapper my first favorite rapper um I really liked Gerardo 
<laughs> I, I really like uh, it. mine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's fine. I'm about to go Google Yeah, Rico Suave. Great song. Fine. Rico, so he, Baco. you know, funny story about, yeah. He's seriously right. Uh, funny story about Gerardo actually was one of the first. I don't big, even know who that is. It was one of the first big hits on Interscope. Two of the first, like, three big hits on Interscope. It was like, it was like Marky Mark, Gerardo, who was like basically Flacco, who's like this, like, Latin lover guy named. He had this, like, yeah. long hair, yeah. ponytail, you know. Uh, Shout and out to Flacco. Marky Sete. Mark. Sus. And Tupac. <laughs> what? Yeah, you can. That's a solid. That's all those guys probably take their shirts off and oh, drop a bag. They all had shirts off constantly. And that's, and that's yeah. where Interscope got that. Mach- everybody has to be buff, like on the label, because yeah. they had. Yeah. They started off with those guys. It's like shirts and skins. It's like we're only taking the skins team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that affects record sales somehow. So, so who? Yeah, who's your first? Um, I want to say, like the first dude I used to listen to a lot was like Be Legit, and oh. then. Uh, I really like Yuck Mouth from the Loonies when I be, when I was like a rapper. With like Operation Stackola. Yeah, <laughs> is that a Bible? Yeah, and uh, and I, you know that. I think the- and then Eminem was a big. I was really into him, and uh, I was really into, into Yuck Mouth, Eminem. Those two were like, like before I started rapping, Be Legit was like my favorite dude. But then Yuck Mouth and Eminem were like. My life. Yeah, it's such a random. Inf- I think it was interesting how Yuck Mouth and Loonies like were on. They were on rap a lot. Were they on rap a lot? Yeah, for their I, second, I think for their second record, their second right? record, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, which I think was my first, favorite record, too. Which I never heard the second record. Yeah, I only heard tight. Operation Stackola. They had this song on there. Which is, like, not amazing. It's pretty solid, but it's not amazing. The Although the I Got Five on It remix, the Bay Area remix, is, like, top ten greatest songs ever made. I feel like the Loonies were, like, the guys in the Bay that, especially in Oakland, when you see how, think how small it is, they were just the guys that, like, you know, I, if you think about that whole era, there weren't a lot of like duos. You know, they yeah. just had something. You know, I was like the Who Riders. Oh, the Who Riders too, but they weren't as smooth as as. as they were kind of like the proto clips. Really, yeah, I thought so. Okay, yeah. what was their EP called? I have it on shot call. Yeah, I have that. Well, I I think it had a different name. I'm gonna look that up, but I have it on vinyl. I found it like in vinyl like a few years ago. It was on Delicious Vinyl, which is a really random. Label for yeah. them. Yeah. That was in Del- that was on Delicious Vinyl. Yeah. What? Yeah. It was a uh, yeah. If you haven't heard the Who Riders play like yeah, Big Ball and Shot Calling. That was the video where they it was like the Pulp Fiction. Yep. They flipped yep. the Pulp Fiction and they're like in the diner and like yeah. Yeah. It was called um yeah they're out of Oakland according to Discogs.com. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, w- weren't they in like Hobo Junction with Saphir? Yeah. That's a big influence of mine. Saphir. Yeah. Saphir. Yeah. yeah. It was. I think it was. It was just called Who Riding. But the EP, you're right. The EP was, I believe, called Shot Calling and Big Balling before it came out. Shot Calling and Big Balling. Yeah, they were in. They had, and there's also apparently on it a Hobo Junction demo mix, which I'm sure YouTube. That's the best thing on YouTube. You can like all these songs that you're like randomly. Yeah. You had to be like in Fat Beats in '96 to have heard that. And, and don't you like when you go to on onto like a song like that on YouTube, and then all the comments are like, "This is that real shit." Fuck everything else, like Justin. They're all like seventeen too. <laughs> Kanye West, MF Doom, MF everything. They're just like fuck everything. This is the real shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like like ninety or like two thousand two. Born in two. Like, yeah, it's exactly. Like 12. Yeah, as a twelve year old, it's just like yeah. this is the best music. Fuck ever. Fuck Justin Timberlake. Who wrote us of the best? <laughs> I wish I was alive in nineteen ninety seven. Um. Yeah. So then. You started doing that. You go, you go to you came back down to then you were in a Culver. Did you go to Culver your whole time in high school when you were in LA? Um, I went to Culver and then I went to Culver. I went to Westchester for a little bit and then I went back to Culver and then I went to Culver Continuation. You went to Continuation? Yeah, man. 
dirty secret, dirty dark secrets. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. What took you to continuation? Um, weed. Weed. Really? No weed, man. That's probably why I can't. Because you would just weed. be a comatose, probably every class. I mean, she was no. I was really for that to happen to. I mean, seriously. I was really active in like when I would smoke weed and I would be in class. Like you know when like we read popcorn or you have to go up and like you know do a math problem on the board. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And I would always just get it right. But it was like I would reek of weed, and it, that was like the joke. That was the joke. Like, so how'd you get? How'd you end up getting nailed? What happened? Well, ditching class and getting caught with weed. You got caught with weed on mm-hmm. campus or smoking weed. Smoking weed. You got caught red-handed smoking weed on I, campus. I got like, there's like, you know those like, those bathrooms that are like the gym bathrooms that are like off by themselves and there's a bathroom and then there's like a little, little uh, yeah, stone, sure. you know, thing. It was like, I remember smoking the weed with me and my friends. <laughs> and then You security. smoked on campus. Yes. That's so stupid. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything no, better. Good people. I mean, you know. Did you get away with smoking weed on campus? You know, I mean, well, here's the thing. When I was a senior in high school, yeah. that I was basically one of the only people. It, it, basically, weed wasn't a big thing yet in yeah, high schools. You know, so what high school did you go to? I went to Narbonne High School. Okay. So I graduated in '92, uh-huh. and this is like right when things were starting to to uh, get really popular with it, but. Uh, I can't imagine a world where weed is not popular, <clears throat> dude. It was it was not not near. I mean, well, because I think it, it it was in the '70s and most of the '80s, but then they kind of got kind the of the whole like changed. Nancy Reagan, yeah. you know, war on drugs thing. So late '80s, early yeah. '90s, it wasn't not nearly. And then it, it was like within a year or two, it it just blew up, you know. Um. So you were doing that, and then and then I so so look, I went to continuation school. Yeah, I was always freestyling, right? And my friend Marcel, who kind of helped, you know, put together the studio with me and Kev. Yeah, he's and, one of, he was on that Chronic episode. Yeah, okay, yeah, the, him. He, uh, he he used to always just write raps, and I was just like kind of ADHD. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I, I don't want to sit down and write this stuff. And we ended up having a poetry class. There's a lady named Miss Reichley. And um, we basically, I had to write poetry. And then he was like, you know what? You should write raps and then turn them in as poetry. And I was like. Yeah, I'll do that since I have to sit here for an yeah. hour, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's, like, the first time I started writing raps. Um, yeah. Then after that... Uh, where did you stand in the Tupac and, and Biggie crisis of the of the mid to late 90s? Where did I stand? <laughs> Dude, I didn't care. I was, you didn't I was, care? I was more in it at that time. W- what year was that? That wasn't when I was in middle school. It was when, no, it was when we were in high school. Ninth grade, though. Yeah, we probably were in ninth grade. I was, that was before I was rapping. And I, I think was, he died when I was in 10th. Oh yeah. Okay. Then then it was when I was in ninth, and yeah. I was definitely more into Goku and Vegeta. I, w- I wanted to see who wanted who who would win that battle. I was more into the Flash and you know uh, Crash Vandal at that time. Where did you stand on that on that, Kev? Tupac, <coughs> Tupac versus Biggie. Yeah. Were you team Tupac? <laughs> it was like the team. Ah, you should see his eyes face right now. <laughs> it was like the team Edward and team Jacob of its time, I'd say. Yeah, it's definitely team <laughs> well, Edward. Well, I mean, team just Jacob. on general principle, I mean Tupac, just on GP, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I'm also, I mean, I love Biggie's music, for sure. Yeah. You know? Well, I feel like in high school, like, uh, I guess you were a little out of high school at that time, but not that bad. I mean, I feel like at that time, you like felt like the need to pick sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That's, dude, that's when branding works the best on people, is yeah. when they're in high school, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, That's why they comment on those YouTube pages. Yeah. I, I imagine, since you're, like, a production dude, Kev, that, like, you know those. I mean, you play well, on production. I mean, you know, Biggie. Biggie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're not talking about on production. We're just talking about, about like in general. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think like 
Yeah. Like, I think I, I prefer Nate at the time. I wasn't a thug. I'm such an asshole. I'm such an asshole. No, I no get, it's all good. I mean, I just mean no, just I, from like, you know, just a West Coast, East Coast. And, you know, I wouldn't say that Tupac was an L.A. dude by any stretch of no. the imagination, but he was yeah. on the death row. Right? I I was, so that made him like accessory to Los Angeles. Yeah. So, and just on that, I mean, you know, as far as death row versus, you know, anybody else. I was like, yeah. dude, death row all day. I was Come obsessed on. with All yeah. Eyes on Me. Definitely. Those are great songs. Hell Mary is a great Hell song. Hell Mary, dude, yeah. Dear Mama, come yeah. on, man. Dear Mama like, is a dude, great song. Yeah. Come on. I, I just know that, like, Tupac was the icon who he was. He was the icon for a thug. And then I have a cousin, right, that he's a thug. But I hated my cousin. Yeah. I was like, I hate this guy. I think, yeah. So if you like, if you like, if you like that, then I don't like then I don't since I don't like you then I don't like I that. think that's kind of what happened with me with Tupac I think like the kids in my there were a lot like a, like a lot of Persian gangsters in my school and yeah. when I say, hey bro hey bro and like, like bro <laughs> I, I air quote I'm air quoting gangsters in my head right now and uh they were just like so insufferable with the Tupac shit sure and like in their Mercedeses and like picture me rolling dog and you're like all right buddy <laughs> all right homie no, I feel you. we were friends I mean, I mean you know they're nice guys now that I'm older I think lot. I think Tupac is amazing I've already yeah, had totally. to defend myself from for, for us talking about Tupac and Biggie before well, I wrote the with the homie's thing. mom like yeah. she heard the podcast and she was like James can't come over my house because he says he doesn't like Tupac yeah no like, one will say that about Biggie though like if you're like mm, not cr-. I mean but like no one says that about Biggie but it's only Tupac but like when you like Tupac you can't like just casually like Tupac you have to be like an obsessive yeah yeah, yeah. T- Tupac is like heroin you know Biggie's like cocaine you can like you, you can do, a little, <laughs> yeah. do it a few times a year yeah. you know there's no Pepsi Cola heroin Dude, binging you should see my Tupac folder man I got like everything really yeah every acapella every instrumental every really i shocked elvin on tour man he was like (laughs) trying to be like you don't like tupac i was like oh yeah man yeah tell me i don't like tupac yeah i feel like i appreciate him more though when i get older actually but anyways Mm -hmm. so moving on so then you're you're doing the blowed thing and then you were you on one of the early compilations uh yeah my crew customer service was on the project blowed volume 10 thing yeah yeah volume or not volume 10 project blowed 10 year anniversary CD that I think was like distributed by Decon, mm-hmm. a label that's still alive and kicking to this day. What year was that? Do you remember? Uh, I want to say it was 04, 03. It was, yeah, it was 04. I were you going? Did you ever rap at, at Blood? Or you, did you know? Did I ever rap? Yeah, did you ever rap? <laughs> no. Nah. You never rapped? No, never rapped. No. Not even like messing not around? Not even slightly. No, not even the slightest. Yeah. No. Because I'm proudly one of the wackest ra- rappers alive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of those out there. No, know? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I always thought I was like pretty good for somebody who should never ever have their raps heard by anybody. Got it. That's yeah. I feel like a good. Like you're like yeah, I'm that's pretty nice. That's a nice. Yeah, self, I was like uh, pretty analysis. good for yeah. an amateur and woefully terrible for a professional. I don't. I, this this. <laughs> you have to know how to be. You know. Well, I mean, is there? I mean, will you say that right? Amateur rapper. Like, like everybody's an amateur. Such yeah. A good, is there yeah. even such a good? Like, is there even a good version of that? that no, I mean, there's I not. Like, no, there's not. Because rappers, like, it's really hard. I mean, obviously. I well, dude. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I I like to think that it's you know at the core, it's like you know it's supposed to be art, right? You yeah. Know, it's supposed to be like real shit. Like, I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of intangibles, though, because I feel like you can have, like, good writing that's like, qualifies just objectively as good art, but then, like, the delivery of it can be just so bad that it makes it terrible art. Well, that's the other thing I think about rapping, too. Like, it's so much based on the personality that you have to be believable as a rapper in some way. Not necessarily everything is true. It doesn't have to be true. 
There's so but many you have to be believable. Are not true. Oh you know? yeah, I mean Rick Ross is like the but like you believe that Rick Ross is like like frolicking with mermaids and eating crab off the coast of Saint Bards. You I, know, I really feel like Rick Ross once once he came into the game, and I'm a Rick Ross fan except for yeah. the last record that he just came. out I heard with. it's pretty terrible. Yeah, you know, man, you sent me the link by the way. I haven't listened to it. Uh huh. I haven't <laughs> to this bad. I'm like, why do I need to hear a third tier Rick Ross record in 2014? But basically, I feel like he he brought like a changing of the guards like it's and, and for artists like me it makes it very 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 hard you know just because i can't even understand it mm-hmm. like it's okay to be someone who you're not you know what i'm saying like he he made it be okay to be someone who you're not because before even if somebody somebody who was they were false they would still try to you know pretend you yeah. know and they would like rick ross was like no i was a correctional officer and it's okay and, you know, no, this is just art, and I'm just now you know, look at me. I'm petting a baby tiger. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then there's like a lot of like there's a lot uh-huh. of there's a lot of like artists that are just like that live by that. There's like you know like 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 who who could I mention that's just like now that's just false, but. I don't know. Well, I mean, look, I mean, not to say, but like Drake, like Drake is definitely popping some guns in his in his stuff. And you're like, you were the guy in Degrassi. He's not popping guns in his uh, stuff. Like, he, you know, he'll like be talking a lot of shit, though. Like, he's hard. And you're like, you're the guy in the wheelchair from Degrassi. It's not why I don't like Drake, mind you. Like, I. We're, we're back. We're, we're back. back. We're we're back. back. I think go. you have a crush on Drake. Man. I do. I like his eyebrows. <laughs> well, but the weird thing about all those rappers and the gun stuff, right, is that. Little Wayne. I mean, none of those. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Certain people who have like charges. Little right? Wayne's a child star, right? I mean, he shot himself, right, when when he was a kid. Yeah. But you know, I, but I was talking. You know, is, is there even such a thing as like real gun rap though, where they're talking about the real, real stuff? I mean, uh, <laughs> gunplay, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, gunplay. Gunplay. He's like, he's like the one. Gunplay did one. try to hold up his accountant <laughs> so, on camera. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then there's there's a like Gibbs. there's I, like the uh, New York there's like the Jada kisses you know where it's like I believe what Jada kisses and styles say you know and maybe maybe they're they're you know YG like, definitely has the song called Meet the Flockers which is about home invasion <laughs> let me tell you something no the, yes, Meet the Flockers. I'll tell you why this is, no I'll tell you, let me tell you why this is such a believable song because he has this one line where he's like you have to go to an Asian neighborhood because they don't believe in banks so they have all the money in the house <laughs> and you're that, like wait. That, as a half Asian man, Kev, <laughs> as a half Asian man, is this true? That's the best. That's the best come up. You know, I want. No, I no, but it was just so ridiculous. Do not believe in banks. Is that that is, is what I was trying to say? It depends how how old school you're talking about. Like right? distrust of the American banking system. Therefore, like sure, I like that the YG's sure. mind is I mean, churning that, like that. But, you know. <laughs> Sure, I can see that. You know, well, maybe I'm thinking but maybe a lot in of like, like Asians, Gardena, you know, like, maybe or something. Like, or like you know, new money Asian. Yeah, you know, that's all. That's all banked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Sure. You know. But like the old, the old school ones don't believe in banks. Sure, I'd agree with that, that assessment. Sure, that's why I never knew that. That's crazy. Yeah, well, if you meet the flockers. But yeah, so anyways, back to back to. We're getting to Jimmy the Burnout, but are we ever gonna get to that? We're getting there. I mean, this is <laughs> this is like every interview I ever do. Okay, it's like halfway through I, weird diatribes that I go on, and you're like, dude, you shut up, go I on. I feel and like it, you're giving the codes away to other journalists to be like Jeff Weiss. <laughs> go, the, go for it, guys. Because <laughs> now I'm just <laughs> have I'm, at it. I'm just like so thirsty. I'm willing to give you all the answers. <laughs> you're like, just shut up, stop. Yeah, it's like it's an exhaustion. <laughs> it's like it's like Jenny's water torture. You're like. One random aside at a time. All right, so then, then you met you you met Kev, mm-hmm. and uh, what was he like when you as a as a rapper when you first started working with him? I mean, as a, I, mean, I thought he was always a great rapper. Um, 
or as an artist and kind of how do you think he's well i mean i i i immediately saw that you know there was you know he had the ingredients to to be great at what he was doing and you know we were already working together at Lowen before he won scribble jam which i thought was a great um you know just kind of laurel i guess that that, that could have happened that i think in anyone else's eyes that had any doubts of are right, you going to take this guy seriously or not he was uh, worked it to be, you know, taken seriously. But uh, yeah, it's been awesome. I feel like I've really got to see him uh, really grow from from way back then. Did you? you know? get, sorry, this is so awkward. I mean, that was before. Go on your phone. No, 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 no. That was before there was like a solo <laughs> show. That was before yeah. there was. You know, he had had the Impatient EP. I think that had come out. But yeah, you know, this is before there had been any campaign. This is before the Low End Theory rise. This is yeah. before. Were there other all that stuff? Were know? there other rappers you thought about at Low End before him? It's like an alternate. I, I don't. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I don't want to know who my competition was. I want to say Gerardo. No, <laughs> no. I mean, if he had said no, I mean, I don't know. Like thinking back now, I mean, obviously there wouldn't have been any anyone suitable for what you know ended up unfolding. But um, yeah, there was really no one else in the running. It was kind of like when I was talking to the other guys about the cast. Uh, I don't remember even really consulting anybody about getting James involved. What, Maybe Ed. Did you know that you always needed a rapper? Like to, for, that was to, part of. Yeah, I mean, I knew we needed someone to host the night. I knew that uh, that it'd be cool to have some freestyle element, someone yeah. who could really do it. Yeah. Um, and I always liked the idea of things kind of going in a lineage mm -hmm. with with you know, especially club stuff and. Uh, I thought his affiliation with Blowed was a nice carry through. Mm -hmm. Also, too, in the beginning, the way I, I thought about the residents was partially demographic. Mm -hmm. You know, we felt I felt that with James' involvement, we had the Blowed audience. There was something for them. Mm -hmm. um, same thing with like with Edit's people and, and with uh, Elvin's crowd mm -hmm. and with Willie's crowd. It was all supposed to, you know. That was supposed to somehow turn into a cool. It would bring the city together. Yeah, yeah, definitely bring Lamert Park and and Long Beach and Highland Park and all Echo Park and Silver Lake together. So had you you put out a customer service record, right? No, we never put you out never a customer put a service record. There was never yeah. There was the Kale record. There was your record. We, yeah, we never put, put out a customer EP, service yeah. record. Yeah. I put out I put out an EP called the Impatient EP. That was the first body of work that I made, mm -hmm. and um, I did that uh, on. I went to. Santa Barbara, and worked with uh, Equilibrium, and um, you know, he made a beat before he went into work. I wrote a song. He got back. We recorded the song. We did it five days, and then it, we just did that every day. And then for most of the day, I was either either writing a song or at the beach or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was really, it was like a really cool getaway for a young kid. It was pretty yeah. pretty tight. You already you already a kid at that point, huh? I was like, what, 19, 20? Maybe? Okay, not at that point. When did you have your first child? 19. Oh, did I have a kid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you. Uh, yeah, no, I had my daughter at uh, 19. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Did that ever, having a kid so young, did you ever. You were working in the what in computers, right? Like some nah, video I, was, game I was waiting tables. Video the game video game stuff didn't come away later. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting tables at that time. Where? Uh, in the marina. Yeah, yeah. 
And you were just writing raps at night? Was that like a pretty hard? I was, dude, I was like writing raps. You know how you ever go to the restaurants and they have those little, uh, I want to say they're like four by like six little notepads that you like take orders on? Yeah, yeah. I'd write like little rap lines on the the order. This is before, you know, iPhones and everything Mm -hmm. like that. And I would just have, I would leave work with like a pocket full of lines, you know, like a pocket full of like little ideas. And, um... You know, most of them would turn into like a customer service song or something, or they, mm-hmm. or they would turn into a punchline that I would use in a battle or something like that. You know. Yeah. So then Jimmy the Lock, that uh, that took several years in the making. That right? took that took several years in the in the making, but not until like most of the record didn't come out. Uh, didn't most of the, what's on that record didn't wasn't recorded until about a year before the record came out. Mm-hmm. You know, because well, I was spinning my wheels as to what I would yeah we recorded doing. a lot of songs for that I mean that was mm-hmm. what 30 songs 40 yeah maybe? 30 th- I think th- at least 30 at least 30 real songs yeah yeah, yeah. that was a lot and then those songs the extra songs came out on like a Japan only CD that I sold for some for for, for sushi money out there right <laughs> in Japan <laughs> yeah yeah so what was that hard to kind of find what I mean because that like I think like the low end yeah. aesthetic was sort of you know starting to kind of crystallize the, is the first incarnation of it at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. That that, was, and there was a press wave that mm-hmm. started around that time. You know, we had had our bit our first real big coverage in the LA Times. It was like the end of two thousand nine, uh, like the big print article. And then January twenty ten, we dropped uh, Jimmy the Lock, and it was just kind of a yeah, that, I mean, every it was. That was when I first I wrote that story in the. That was the first time I ever met you. Was we wrote that story in the Light Weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely. That that uh, I didn't expect people. Just after releasing like mixtapes and EPs, cause I re- released a, a, a mixtape called L.A. versus Hollywood. Yeah, I in that. The, and I want to say it's. Or like, didn't you have like bury a heart? Or that was on the song, right? That yeah, and then the, then the summer after that, I released uh. I, uh, Los Angeles Blood Bay Area Heart when I moved yeah. to the Bay and then No Can Do is a Virus. Yeah, yeah. And all of that stuff just organically went out, you know? Yeah. It, 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 that was the first stuff I heard of you. Well, the first time I, I saw you at Lowen mm. and then I got those. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I probably had those on CDR back then, right? I just downloaded it off the... Oh, you... Oh, you, 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 you yeah. dirty rat. <laughs> I owe you $4. <laughs> Burritos on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, and then I, I felt like Jimmy the Lock was definitely a, like a big step up though from that. Did you feel like that? Uh, did you feel like you took like your first kind of artistic leap on that record? No, nah, not really. Not really. Because like, like after recording like uh, is a virus and have it having it be like one body of work recorded in a certain in a certain time period based on a certain feeling. Jimmy the Lock felt like a good group of songs. So it felt, Jimmy putting together Jimmy the Lock felt like putting together a good mixtape. You know? Mm-hmm. It was like, like Hurry Up and Wait was the best song that I ever recorded. There's a song called Flight Risk that I, like, was like all my like, all my girlfriend songs that I've been recording throughout my life, that was the best song that I've ever, ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Two Track Mind was like the first time I like, I almost like, produced a collaboration in a sense you know mm-hmm. where it's just like i was like okay this is exactly what i want this other guy to do and this is what i want to do and um uh what else you know head static was like the no such thing beat you know right. that, that was that was uh that was uh how do you say that was um that was like that was like me no size no size was a big part of the low end sound you know yeah, so that was me tackling like the low end like modern la thing you know but uh like with Jimmy the Burnout, it, it at least like 
like the most of the songs on the record uh, are from the from the six months previous to when the record came out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you know, we even added five last minute. You know, and the songs that I kept because I recorded maybe just as many as I did for Jimmy the Lock with Jimmy. Yeah, Garner. I felt like it. Yeah, it was a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, and um, but all of those, I, I like I. I got rid of all the all the fat, and you know I, I took out like, and you know, and it's a lot of it's to Kev's, uh, you know, to Kev's advice. Like everything that was like, like trappy for the sake of trappy or electronic, I was just like, that went on a mixtape called Tits and Explosions, you know, mm-hmm. and I titled it Tits and Tits and Explosions because it's all it's like an action flick. It's all you know, it's all it's all you know, uh, action and no content, you know, uh, like that movie Two Guns, but. Uh, was there a type of beat you were grabbing t- gravitating towards on this time? Um, a type of beat that I was grabbing. Because I mean, I feel like the sound is very different from uh, June the Log. Yeah. Um, nah, dude. I, I, With the exception of like the zero hour Monopoly. Yeah, well, which was like dubstep. Totally. And so is uh, Up in the Air. Those two songs were like, yeah. like way older. Um, but uh, I, the type of beat that I was gravitating toward. Well, I definitely like. I definitely want want my records to sound sound good at low end i want them to sound really good at low end so there has to be like you know uh there there has to have that kick and that like bass and that 808 they have to like they have to like really jab you know and i'm just used to that like i'm thinking i'm kind of deaf and if it doesn't have that if i don't feel that in my chest then I, it's really hard for me to get into it but um uh there there was nothing there was not like a specific like a specific type of beat that I was looking for it was just more like a beat that fit an idea that I had in my head for a song you know so like if I had a, a song idea that was about like heartbreak or whatnot I yeah. wanted to feel like kind of moody or if there's a song I had about fucking you know uh, you know for instance like uh, the lucid dream shit like a, something that I can tell a long story off of I wanted to I wanted to be uh, I want to want it to be continuous and the beat be, to be able to keep your attention so I could tell my story easily yeah. before you know, before the end of the song. So you wouldn't even notice, like, little lapses or no punchlines or, you know, things, little bells and whistles. What's your writing process like? Um, it's all, I can I can write a few different ways. I can write, when I was living in uh, Oakland uh, and flying out to low end all the time, I just really learned to to just write pieces, like, write, like, write almost like prose, like write everything that I, that I feel and everything that I want to explain. And then, you know, from back in the day when I, when I uh, worked, you know, uh, worked at restaurants, I learned how to just write like one idea that'll just spin off into a gang of ideas that'll help me write the next song. But my, my favorite process is now being in here at night at the Cosmic Zoo and just playing a beat and freestyling and, you know, having a beer and then coming and recording one line at a time and then just sitting with it for a while and then coming up with a chorus out of that line and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like making a Frankenstein monster. That's my... So you're not writing your lyrics down? So you're like Jay Z and Big Ears, is what you're saying. I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I'm, I can do that. I've done that before. Yeah, I've done that before. But that, but when you don't do that, everything, I feel like, like you know the, the little Wayne way of recording where uh-huh. he says like you know I just like uh, say with a ghostwriter. Oh, the Carter three way where he yeah. he records like one line and then. He, you know, you know, takes copious amounts of, uh, you know, lean, and then he records another line, and then he shoots up heroin, in, and then he records <laughs> another line, and then he sniffs a line of opium, like, like that right there, like to do that, and then do that with alcohol. 
alcohol is involved for sure. But like, no, like get a, go get a champagne colonic and then come back. <laughs> no, but just to like, and then a lot of times I just freestyle a whole verse. Mm-hmm. I'll freestyle a whole verse and then I'll take out everything where I mispronounce a word mm-hmm. or everything that's an unfinished idea. I'll edit it out and then I will just finish it with a, with an idea. You know? Yeah. Like that. Uh, but yes, I'm like, I can do that. I felt like a lot of these songs seemed more narrative driven kind of mm-hmm. than a previous. Was that like obviously kind of a, something you you were trying to do more because a lot of the songs on Jimmy the Lock were kind of more just like, it's kind of just saying fly shit, kind of like, yeah. you, know, just, you know, Ghostface, it's like, get a, get a good beat, say some fly shit on it. Yeah, yeah. It's like rules to rapping. Yeah, yeah, that would, I didn't want to, like, like, I don't want to, uh, like, I feel too old to do that now. Like, yeah. the whole, like, the whole battle rap, like, shit, like, just made me bored with just punchlines. Mm-hmm. And even, like, being at low end on, on Wednesdays, like, I can, I have, I have plenty of places to say nothing, you yeah. know? And now it's just like, dude, I kind of want to tell stories, and I want to, like, you know, if not tell a story, at least, like, convey a, uh, convey an emotion or paint a picture. That sounds so corny. I wouldn't well, paint a picture. But, like, like, losing your girl to said the kid. Yeah, exactly. You know, like that. Just in the new video that was debuted on, yeah. on, Noisy. on Noisy. Yeah, yeah. The 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 uh, the, the blog Illuminati helped with that. <laughs> <laughs> the Illuminati gods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what was that like? Kind of, you would just kind of, you would start freestyling, and then it would come up, and then it would remind you of something, and then you would. No, no, no. no. With all like with all most of the songs that are like stories like. Never look better, or well, that's a narrative of me having a conversation to my ex-girlfriend, uh-huh. or uh, third world hustle, or uh, break even, or uh, what else is another one from that that batch um, that are like, uh, yeah. Well, I just start with start with those, but um, I basically um, would just get a get an idea from like hearing somebody's conversation or just a feeling that I had where like, you know, I'll say like, like the, the never look better was I was in a barber with a bunch of old dudes and they're talking about Richard Pryor. And that's something that Richard Pryor said that never, your girl never looked better until you saw her in another nigga's arm. And I was like, that's a novel idea. Why hasn't anybody rapped about that? Thank you, Richard Pryor. Thank you, old guys at the barbershop. <laughs> you know, that became a song and like third world hustle. That, that song actually came to me after I was doing something illegal and for money and I was like, well, I, when I left, when I left the place, I was just like, yeah, man, this is like, you know, like how can I complain about not being able to get money? <laughs> yeah, was that the yeah. song about the the baggage? Where you said the baggage checker at LAX? No, 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 that was uh, that like was that. break even. Break even. Yeah, and break even. Is that a real story? I was gonna ask about that. The that is not a real story. The second verse on that is a real story. Uh-huh. But uh, break break even was written after after one of our flights from uh, San Francisco or something like that. Nice. Or, or 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 flight that we had that that low in theory. Oh, it was from from, from our last Japan trip. Yeah, and I saw somebody I know working TSA and like TSA is like yeah. a job. Like I'm a dude with a high school diploma. I mean, you know, I don't I don't ha- have a, a degree or any, any college experience. I don't really have too many like skills, right? So TSA is a job where you see dudes that are from like my neighborhood and my class. Those are jobs like a secure job that a lot of my generation has. So there's any any chance, and I'm, I'm, I just so happened to be because of like low in theory and then rap. I just so happened to be in airports a lot, you know. Yeah. And like I'm on the other side, even though like I'm probably making just as much money than with less job security for sure, you know. And, uh, and that's just one of the thoughts I had, like seeing like a chick that I used to know from high school 
you know, uh, pushing those carts and seeing me every week and thinking like, wow, this dude must be on, you know? And yeah. I'm like, I'm not on at all. You know, this this flight is coming out of my, my feet, you know? Well, you were talking about the Outcast line. I think you had the, the line from, AT, from yeah. Elevators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that something you were thinking about? I mean, I think that's like something everyone thinks about when you're doing anything creative. But at least for me, that's like one of my favorite. People writers. think you're balling, right, Jeff? It's way more than, yeah, probably. I don't know. Probably not. No, who thinks journalists are balling? People think, pe people think you're balling. I've been all around the country and people think you're balling, Jeff. I'm very rich. People think you're guys. balling. They think you're tall. They think you smell good. So people have said so many weird things to me about you on this tour. I'm short, bald, wow. <laughs> Yeah, no, they come out the fucking... Real talk, short, bald, and poor. <laughs> there I said it. I feel better now. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> but yeah, like... Yeah, I'm all right for a short, bald, and poor guy. I'm doing okay. You're like, but, you're, you're like describing George Costanza. I don't know. I'm like, no, you know, who is that? But like, I think like everyone who does something well always wants to do something well better. You mm -hmm. know, even like say that sentence better. Like, I wish I said that sentence better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like... I mean, so, like, of course you're a relative. You know, you're going to think that, yo, I have this successful career. I mean, you have a successful career. You know, you're very what? successful. Yeah, Maybe, that's tight. All things considered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but then you see, like, Rick Ross, and you're like, well, how can I get that kind of crustacean? Yeah. <laughs> how can like, I be in the sweets eating I, crab meats? How can I get that cut of crustacean? I bet you we eat better seafood than he does. <laughs> Probably. Oh, yeah, dude. The Low End Theory sushi uh, missions are the are the best. And it's, it's and it's due to taste. I, I think. mean, you're you're big in Osaka. I'm big in Osaka, is what they say. <laughs> uh, but you know, like, I don't I don't really have those eyes though. I don't, I don't really feel like like I should be where this dude is. Like I don't. I'm older than that now, dude. Yeah. You know, like I'm just like, oh, dude. I just want to like sell the CDs that I have, and then I want to like I'm happy to have fans. You know, like yeah. that's like, and and that might sound corny, you know, but at the end of the day, like I. I've I've just came from around the country and like I said, there's some minor markets where like we're rapping to like five people, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And um, you know, and then I I've had like the New York thing, you know, where where like there's a gang of kids and it's not on some like, you know, it's not like some OF chance the rapper shit where it's just like all the fans are like some like, you know, white kids from like blogs or something like totally. that. These are just like some kids that are just like, I've loved hip hop since I was a kid. I'm not new to this. This is just some shit that I'm into, you know? Yeah. And uh, you know, they they like rap fans and they're really they were really into it, you know? And they're really in in a hell hellfire. So I'm just happy at this junction in my in my career and like looking at it real pragmatically, like I have not only do I have like this beautiful, and I miss Low in Theory like a motherfucker. And every week, like even when I came back that week, I was hella happy. So every week I have this this playground, and then I have, you know, on accident created some kind of brand with the Hellfire Club, and then I have kids that are into my music. Oh, dude, that's the best thing ever. Yeah, you know, I just want to make all that grow. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. it's kind of amazing to have anybody like even this stuff. I can't believe anyone Shots listens to it. Why like, do? Yeah. yeah, it's like weird. Yeah, I'm like I wouldn't listen to it. Like, <laughs> well, I would listen to it. I don't listen to podcasts. No, <laughs> fuck no. I hate. <laughs> I really hate podcasts. I can't listen to a fucking podcast if you pay me. Really? Seriously, oh, I like gosh. try. I'm like you should listen to podcast. Yeah, like I, I like listen to like ten minutes of Mike on Mike Mike Marin or Mark Marin. Mark, you don't even know. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Miguel Jordan. I'm busy. I'm reading. I'm like trying to read books when like on my free time. Not like you know, I heard a, 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 a like I'm like flossing. I'm like yeah. I'm trying to read books. <laughs> what? Not. I'm illiterate. Go on. I heard the saying recently that was there's only one type of humility, fake humility. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's so real. Funk. I like that. Yeah, and it's I so like, real. And and I just it made me think of just like, you know, just like social networks, right? And just like you know, yeah. people do the out of the way, yeah, humble. You know, oh, so insufferable. Stuff, yeah. It's just like, but it works I though. Totally I can't totally believe works. anyone gave me a Pulitzer Dude, Prize. I mean, they, it, when you see it, like, yeah, I you mean, can tell when. Yeah, it's and it's bullshit. just like, I mean, it almost, almost in any, I mean, almost mm. in any amount at this point, especially mm. in social media. Totally, it's yeah. just like, oh my gosh, like, because you have to take your know? time and yeah. type that out. Oh God, you know, my editor. Oh, yeah, I don't even want to know the drafts. My editor, Ben Westoff, shout out to Ben at LA Weekly, is like every time, like. He's right too. He's like every time anyone writes like that, the artist is humble. He's like, "Yo, you have to cut that out because they're just lying to you. Because no one's really that humble where they're like they're just smart enough to have like a false humility." Mm. You but know? here's the thing, though. Because what are we gonna say? Uh, this cool boy Q was like had the false humility. He's like, "But I'm a genius." And you're like, "That's what you really think." But here's the thing, though, with me, right? Like I went through like that battle rap shit and like and you know I literally thought that I like I felt as if I yeah. was the best rapper in the world you yeah. know what I'm saying and then I've been through shit in life with like uh, heartbreak and like you know like like a little bit of fucking homelessness and like fucking just like and just being in debt mm-hmm. and then like you know and and you know even just being a dad and like coming coming from fucking low end on a Wednesday and then having to go to a PTA meeting sitting next to like a fucking you know a stay at home dad and a police officer and all this shit and I definitely I be, how do you get to be a stay at home dad you gotta fucking you gotta marry you gotta, rich you gotta marry oh, rich yeah my grandfather was right you just gotta get a rich girl pregnant and it'll work out for you, you have to have, be they don't like me it's like <laughs> my man you don't gotta marry him you yeah. just gotta impregnate him that's all you gotta do like, and you and you have like a Jewish Sean Kemp. <laughs> yeah, and they have to be Catholic though, though, like so they keep. It. <laughs> yeah, but um, and you need DNA ASAP. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but um, I like, mean, like you know, DNA test. Sorry, <laughs> looking out for you, Jim. I appreciate it, uh, dude. If I meet a rich one, I'll throw it your way. I'll see. I, I know. I know the girls you like. Spoken for. <laughs> yeah, but oh yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but Off there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But like I literally, um, I am like, I, I, think, <laughs> I won't be spoken for after this episode. <laughs> I, I think I'm, um, I think I'm a little bit more humble than I was when we first met. Yeah, I think like honestly, I, well, I, I'm sorry, no, I don't no, mean to, I don't mean to make rap. a wrong yeah. point about it. I just, you know, you guys know what I mean. It's just, it's not necessarily about you know necessarily like genuine humility mm. or like you know yeah. being down to earth. I just mean like projected. Projecting it, humility, yeah. like yo, look at you know, look at me. I'm so humble. I, you know, and it's just I give like, to charity, or, what, or whatever it yeah. is, whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know, like oh, I, you know, like how did I get here? I have ten million dollars, you know. It's like yeah, you, you know exactly how you got there, you know. Like, <laughs> totally, come on, man. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm so lucky. We got the best fans in the world. You well, know, like I, I always think like, that's a component about uh, that is very underrated in uh, when people talk about like they're like because everyone wants to like re- revisionist history themselves and be like no I was like that's why like I think a lot of artists like really believe in God like more than like your average person because like they're like well I can't imagine a world in which like God didn't give me this so of course like I'm you know but I always think about that and how much of it is luck actually like it is such a big component of luck that goes into I think like everything yeah I don't know if it's so much luck Though, like, and and vice versa, like, I mean, if something happened then, then you could conceivably be bigger. Or, I know. feel like luck is always there, right? Like, yeah. good and bad luck, or like yeah. things like there's always possibilities that, that are gonna happen. But I feel with people that are successful, man, like, and and let's say, let's you know, we're all successful dudes at what we do in the room, we get to do this for a living, right? And we all know people that are more successful than us. 
there's certain like personality traits usually yeah. that are like w- the you know what what separates the guys from the guys you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and um you know maybe selling a little weed here and there like that always helps you know yeah and you know uh having bitches that always helps you know it doesn't know. hurt <laughs> it doesn't hurt it rarely hurts <laughs> you know like it can hurt you know uh, like you know having like you know good taste in things and like like for instance, like there's two people. I'm just thinking of Big Sean. <laughs> I'm well, talking about luck here. Yeah, well, there's, there's two. There's, <laughs> Let's just cut to the chase. Because <laughs> like he's the luckiest guy well, in the I mean, world. Well, he I is. Mean, well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a combination, right? Like you got to have qualifications, you know, to even be in on the playing field, yeah. right? But to be to go to you know certain you know whatever levels of it. I mean, also I think too, it's just yeah, good fortune. Yeah. You ask me, it does play a part, but yeah. yeah. Well, you know, sometimes like I feel like it plays a part early in early success more than like in later success. Well, I mean, it's I mean, if you look at it versus any other industry, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you're like a biochemist, right? You can have the worst <laughs> social skills in the world, totally. right? If you can just at least do your biochemistry like a motherfucker, guess what? Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna make a lot of money and be yeah. very successful. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Same does not apply in the music business, yeah. not at yeah. all. Just because you're good, I mean, you can be the greatest rapper, pianist, producer, yeah. whatever engineer yeah. in the world. That by no means means that you're gonna actually get to get to do this for a living. Yeah, you know? sports too. I feel like yeah, a lot of athletes, thing. Yeah. you know, yeah. like I'm sure there are a lot of people that you know. I've seen it with writers, you know, too, where you're like, well, that writer, you know, I was like, that guy's got so much natural talent or something, but like they just don't. I mean, a lot of it is the work, and then the workout that comes in too. Work ethic, work ethic, and then if they're if they're an asshole, right? If they're an asshole, nobody wants to work with them. Yeah, and, and it's really about like how well you work with others, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody who had that report card that said, you know, a pleasure to have in class, works well with others, is always, you know, is always helpful. Those dudes, when you... Well, dude, long-term music, you have to. Because the thing is, is that, I mean, it's an ego, there's a lot of ego in the business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you got to learn how to, like, be cool. You got to learn how to, like, navigate Mm -hmm. egos on every level. Distribution level, record label level, getting shows, your agent, Mm -hmm. you know, your manager. All these people, right, are all starred out. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to be able to, you know, like, like, the agents are like, ugh. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's managers and agents. So I mean, I was was talking about it the other day with, why is Puffy on all these records? You're like, Puffy was, like, on Biggie's records. Like, you listen to an old Biggie record, Puffy's all over. You're like, who was Puffy? He was like a backup dancer who like ran the label. Right. Yeah. I Imagine mean, but, that'd be so great if you're always done on the hell fight. Like, yeah. no, but I'm saying, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Was just done, like, Jimmy the Lock. <laughs> just, like, I made jokes the... about that so many times. <laughs> like, oh, you, you think you're, oh, I finished mastering the record. I actually finally added my vocals. You know, oh, like, no. Doing the, uh huh. Yeah. I'm so. Hellfire. I'm so. <laughs> Alpha Pup, bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> we the best. Well, now, well, in terms of Hellfire, I know Gev told me once that, like, you know, he was responsible for you starting Hellfire, right? Because when you're trying to get him to sign more rappers, you're trying to make yeah. it seem like I just took credit for it like that, yeah. Jeff. Thanks. You, oh, yeah. you just, oh, you just finally told me what Kev said. <laughs> yeah. No, I give Kev I false give, humility. <laughs> fake humble. We call it fumble. <laughs> but no, nah, like, here's the thing, man. Like. I, I think was, you told me that. I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I told Jeff yeah, I think, that. I yeah, told Jeff that. I probably told Jeff no, that. No, like, James told him that. Because I don't say it like that, but you know. No, James told him that. No, you've yeah. never said it like that. I don't think you want to take credit for it, but that's really like I, every time somebody asks me, and even even on tour, because like people want to imagine Hellfire, especially because of like 
bus driver Milo and Mike, they want to imagine Hellfire is some like mystical, magical gathering of like, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, educated uh, Negroes in under a fucking under under a willow tree in Lamert Park, you know, fucking, you know, chewing liquor sticks and smoking like high grade weed. Like that's not what it what it was, you know, that's not what it is either. Um, it was basically like a lot of, you know. I mean, the sh- shit is way more organic. Like, it, it was, we were touring. I think it was me, you, Rosh G, and Daedalus that year. Me, it was all of the residents, and then Rosh G and Daedalus, if I'm not mistaken. But it was the 09, right? It was a, it was a Japan tour right before we came, uh, before Jimmy the, the Lock. And, um, and I was just like, man, like, it was after, like, going record digging one too many times. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to wake up and dig for records. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Sign some rappers. This is your falling down moment. <laughs> I was like, Kev, man. Like, I looked at him. I had, like, a tear in one eye. I was like, Kev, can you sign another rapper, please? <laughs> I, w- I want somebody to do rap debauchery with, you know? And, <laughs> and it's so funny, man, because, like, I feel like uh, I created... Well, here's... There's well, no, I mean, to my memory, what it was, we were... I mean, yeah, that moment happened. Then we were at the airport. We're I the airport. Say, I want to say it was Osaka, right? Yeah, so yeah. We were about to fly either to Tokyo and then back home, but it was at the end of the tour. Yeah. And you were saying, talking about, you know, you know. Uh, was it Lee's record or what? No, nah, you were just saying about, you know, signing more rappers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you know what? I think I think you should sign the rappers. I think there should be, yeah. for you know, as so far as how Alpha Pup should be doing stuff i think this shit i think we have room to do like a full rap imprint yeah yeah yeah. and and it kind of and i, and I predicted too it was going to take five years yeah and for, here it to, we, for it to really here we are for four, four years it and three months years. Like give, it a, give it another year give it another nine months i think yeah. it takes a lot of time for people to, i mean i think five years is generally like how long it takes for anything to kind for of a business, gain yeah. a critical mass yeah mm-hmm. i mean it because i think also like you know when you did hellfire club i think for a lot of people it, it allowed it to kind of congeal mm-hmm. around like maybe not necessarily a concrete idea but like mm. A loose one, at least, you know, because like, I mean, obviously, you guys are all, and I, I think that's why it works because you guys are all different personalities. Yeah, well, that's kind of like one thing that I noticed, like with low end theory, how it worked out is that it's best if there's as, as many different players or like you know your favorite comic books or whatnot, like like two guys with the same powers aren't on the same fucking, they're not in the same comic. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I mean we talk, I mean dude, we talk about this in comic book terms all the time. Yeah, you know, like the arcs, especially and you know story arcs and how that relates to albums and tours and, you know, all these things. And, and the, like, you know, have the Marvel Universe and, mm. like, we have, you know, just that whole concept. I think there's a lot of parallels of music. For, for sure. For sure. So then, uh, what, are you, what are you most proud of about the album? Uh, what am I most proud of about it? Um, I, I really... I really am proud of... Uh, the one thing that I felt like I needed to work on was just, you know, writing choruses that explained the song so it would make it easier for me to just rap, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to do so many do so many flips and tricks, you know? So, I mean, basically, I think, uh, I think as a songwriter, I, like, I definitely, I made a step in the right direction. So I'm, I'm most right, most most proud of like the songwriting. Yeah, Little Green Monsters. We didn't talk about that. That was a mm-hmm. uh, Max was a was a Max B line that you got it from. It was the chorus, yeah. the inspiration. Yeah, it was Little Green. Well, it, it was a line that like I, I, I know every 
every lyric to every Max B mixtape I have in my possession. <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that like you know Max B said that like has definitely influenced me. Like two track mine was basically like it was like a faux Max B song, you know. <laughs> Like and I was like, it'd be tight to get Bus Driver to like do be French to, Montana to do. Well, no, he was like singing like a like a almost a Max B chorus, like you know, or, or at least how how I hear it and how I interpret it. But uh, what's your favorite song on the album? Uh, I don't have a favorite song on the album. I damn it, what, ah God, my favorite song to perform is 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 a uh, is a uh, uh, Third World Hustle, and my favorite song, one of my favorite songs is. Uh, the secret track, uh, Nevermind, which is kind of tight. Yeah. What's your favorite song on the album, Jeff? You know, it's uh, I, I, it's older, but I like the my favorite. Probably my favorite two are the the with the Dame Funk song. It's okay. probably my favorite. Lucid Dream. I, I find it a very good uh, daytime driving album. Yeah, it is. It's more of a daytime album than Jimmy the Lock. Jimmy the Lock, I, I see, is more of a nighttime album. And it was like leaving the club. That's what did, Jimmy the Lock was. Jimmy the Lock was mostly recorded between. But between low end theory at two o'clock in the morning, and then a flight that I had at six in the morning in DJ Nobody's uh, apartment, whilst okay. whilst slightly inebriated. Was this more of a daytime? Recorded more in the daytime? No, but the ideas came the in idea. the daytime. And yeah, yeah. Makes sense. But no, this is this is definitely Jimmy the Burnout is definitely like um, a traffic jam record. You know, something that you can yeah. listen to while you're driving around. It's LA. a lot more mellow than uh, the pre- which I mean, it, it clicked for me really when I was driving. But you around didn't answer it. Kev's question. No, that right? one I like the Dame the Dame song, and I like <laughs> uh, Zero Hour the Monopoly. I, I I like that one a lot. You like, like that the one? new remix? Yeah, not to diss Kenny Siegel, but Monopoly kind of that. It sounds amazing. I think it's two different times. Like the Kenny yeah. Siegel one was like a eerie desert kind of feel. Uh, that one I think is going to be like go off the hardest setting when you perform it. Really? So here's zero. a question for you, James. All Le- right. Least favorite song. My least favorite song? That ended up making it. That ended up making it. Oh, damn. About to bum somebody out. Why would you do that? Why would you what do that? you hate that? the most about yourself? Why would you, why would <laughs> well, you do that Well, it's important to, to be critical. Um, you got, oh, you, you also, uh, my, my other favorite song is Any Day Now, but my least favorite song is probably... Uh, I'm kind of in love with all the songs on the record, but I think, uh, freaking, uh, damn it, uh, not I, like my there's, least favorite. There's gotta song. be one. There's gotta be one that just doesn't quite hold like the others. I think uh, up in the air because it's one of the oldest. Got it. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say also. How about you, Jeff? Damn you, Kevin. Or you have more favorites. I like everything. Um, <laughs> no, say, say what you feel, man. Uh, no, if you can I'd lose a track, I'd have to listen. I'd have to listen to it right now because I'm really bad with title tracks. I'm bad with names. That's um, a that's a really good way to out yourself. Yeah, I am really bad. I like Hellfire Club Anthem maybe the best. Oh really? Yeah, I like that one a lot. Okay, that that um, was the one song that was like, dude, I'm gonna do like a battle rap, rah, like a like. Yeah, a, I would that's say, my, that's I mean, my favorite. Know, honestly, for, I would say that would be my call to cut. Yeah. That would oh, Hellfire Club Anthem. Anthem for sure. Really. That's well, yeah, definitely. I just felt like that one maybe fit the least. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna I ask. So what's, what's, what's your favorite song from the record, Kev? I mean, I want to say "Break Even." Break Even. Yep. Yeah, that that that's record right there. Because um, you know, when I was on on the road, he sent me the all the little instrumentals. I would test that out during sound check. I would play it randomly here and there, and it was like. It was just easy money. It was easy money every time doing that song. <laughs> like it was yeah. like that every time I 
rap that song and strangers I, I would call I would call my set on the tour I would call it Chipotle everybody likes Chipotle because like a lot of my songs are like you know uh, I don't like Chipotle yeah I mean but mo- right. for, the, for the most people for the most part people like Chipotle people love Chipotle broads like Chipotle but yeah I'm like everything I like is I'm like the worst gauge I'm like oh if I like it then you're probably not gonna have any success yeah <laughs> but so like a lot of the, like a lot of this what, what I what I noticed about Jimmy the burnout which was just funny and this is not all the way there but it's, these songs are just like really good for the passive listener and I've never been able to do that in my life yeah I, it's I, definitely more streamlined than I feel like it's not as like well I feel like you were kind of getting there a little bit with uh, Flashbang Grenada too yeah like you guys kind of worked yeah, well that was me and Bus at, at Flashbang Grenada was a big learning process because it was me and Bus like uh teaching each other what we didn't like about each other <laughs> i was like reagan don't do that he's like well you need to do more of that so like on jimmy the on like on jimmy the lock a lot of like the intensive like rapping and wordplay mm-hmm. i uh i didn't do so much i was just trying to like hurry up and wait was basically like freestyle whereas like um on you know its counterpart is probably never looked better on uh on Jimmy the Burnout, and I tried to rap good on that, you know? Yeah. So I was, was going to ask, is there a reason why you had, uh, you don't have that many guest spots on the record. Was that because of the Dorna versus Tukey you kind of had? Yeah, it was because of the flashbang, the Dorna versus Tukey, the bomb zombies. Yeah. I spent so much time working with other people and mm-hmm. using, using other people's ideas the way being, like, produced that I kind of just wanted to use all my ideas the way I wanted them. But I still was taking influence and advice from other people, but just not while I was in here. Yeah. You know? Well, there, there was collaborators with some of the hooks. Yeah, but know? even yeah. then, I wrote all those courses. You know? How did you and Dame decide to work together? Uh, it was... You guys wanted to do an EP at one point, right? After a shot's fired, I hounded him. <laughs> After I hounded him, I was just like, "Hey, yeah, let's just, work, let's work." Woo-dee-woo. It's your average stalk, you know. Exactly, I, I low key stalked. Was it him. weird? Yes. Did it work? Yes. And then, <laughs> and then we actually threw a show a long time ago at uh, at oh, Free City. Free City. That was the best show. And ever. the coat hangers were there. Oh Shit, my god! Those it was some... the coat hangers, Salva, you, and Dame performing. Yeah. And I was like wandering around in my like, and after that I got Dame, I got Dame to say yes. Jack and smoking spliffs. Yeah, it was pure savagery. It was great. That was awesome. I got Dame to say yes on a collab, but then every time after like the podcast and all that, I'd hit him up, and then he gave me a beat CD. But I'm pretty sure that most of the beats on, on that rec on that CD are taken up now. You know, and I just so happened to pick the one that didn't sound like Dame Funk. It didn't sound like Boogie. It didn't sound like that. It sounded like a early Bay Area rap record. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, I think we're uh, probably, uh, we're probably at like an hour and 20 minutes or so. So Yeah. You think so? That's crazy. I don't know. I don't, fuck if I know. Um, all right. So buy Jimmy the Burn. It's on Bank. I like it's on Bandcamp because you can stream it and people can hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah rather yeah. than. Well, that's, that's, it's on Bandcamp so you can buy. Is the, that the best way to get you the most money? No. iTunes and then to give me the most money is to buy the CD from Bandcamp. Oh, to buy the CD from Bandcamp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. If you're listening to this show... Like, but we, we don't want to do that, though. We want to send them all to iTunes. So, <laughs> Kev, you're biased as fuck. <laughs> but people want CDs, man. No, just people want CDs. But you, you can do both. You can, you know... Are you getting vinyl made? I, I want to get vinyl made. I'm yeah, trying to. I'm trying to wheel and deal shit as, as it... We're trying to get, we're trying to get, him, get him out in Japan ASAP. Too. And what about shirts, too? Shirts? I don't know, man. I don't yeah, know what I would merch. put on a you shirt. Need to get, yeah, you need merch. What would I put on a shirt? How? What kind of shirt would I make, like... 
Like, the record covers my face, you know? Like, I don't want people walking around with my face on their chest. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can do. Like, that's burn not out. I had, I had, like, an idea. <laughs> I, had like a, I had, like, ideas in my head. I had, like, these ideas, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just burnout. It's like a... No, it's just for people who want to support the record. I mean, that's, like, an expression of it. It doesn't matter exactly, you know, how cool it is. You know? Yeah. Like, people, yeah. like, uh, the other day I it's bought, not, like, a Bitches Brew t-shirt. Yeah. And it's, like, it was cool, but it was more just about because I love the album, you know? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. For the ultra fans, you know. Definitely. Yeah, so buy the CD yeah. on Bandcamp. Buy it on Bandcamp, iTunes, Amazon, Boomcat, Bleep, Beatport. You can see me at Low in Theory every Wednesday. You can buy it from me there. The record release party is tomorrow night. The record release party is tomorrow. No. Tomorrow it'll tom- be Wednesday. Yeah. Today's Monday we're recording it, but it's going to come out Tuesday, and then the show is on Wednesday. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Shots fired. A very, a very special burnout episode. Thanks for coming, Kev. Thank you. Thank you for putting everything in perspective. Thank you for asking me questions, Jeff. I feel I haven't been on this side of the podcast ever, man. Do you feel like this is like a like it's our Sigmund Freud moment? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tell me about your tell me about your mother. <laughs> shots fired! Back. The shots fired in Delaware County after officers pursue a vehicle into Upper Darby. And right now, man, they dying, just to break it. Fresh 20,000 in debt, seen an old classmate when I jumped off a jet. Working TSA, this is what he said. Why you look stressed? Man, you sad. He said he got a 9 to 5, worked the night shift, and he got a side hustle after that. I'm like, when do you sleep? Then he just laughed and said, what's that? Hey, man, they dying just to break it I'ma tell you like a nigga told me I live by the beat, I live by the beat